And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast that sits at the crossroads of faith and pop culture, talking about the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. Dan Delzell with me. I'm Son Edom. And, and Dan, there's this story running around about a Ouija board and some girls apparently in Colombia. And the headline says dozens of Colombian girls hospitalized with anxiety after playing with Ouija board. Now, when we think of a Ouija board, we think of what could possibly be a children's game. I mean, Parker Brothers, I think, was the game company that kind of popularized it. I think Hasbro now has the rights to the game. And if you walk down, you know, a store and you're down the toy aisle, the game aisle, it's right there mixed in with life and, you know, uh, go to the head of the class and chess and, you know, shoots and ladders mm-hmm. and Candyland and all this other stuff. And, and at one point, right. I think, um, I read that Ouija board at one point, you know, a number of years ago, but it was even more popular than Monopoly. And so we're talking wow. about a game that is, or a, I guess, I don't know if we call it a game, but we're dealing with something. We'll call the game for right now. Sure. But we're dealing with this game that Parker Brothers and now Hasbro has the rights to that came out, pitched as a game, and it became one of the most popular games ever. And basically what you do is you have this board with all these numbers. And I've never, to be honest, I've never even seen a Ouija board. That's how far away from this I stay. I haven't even seen a Ouija board. So I'm not exactly sure what's on it. I know there's a yes and a no and maybe some letters that might be able to spell out some stuff. And you ask it some questions, and you wait for the Ouija board to move this thing that you put your hand on, and then apparently it spells mm-hmm. out some stuff, or maybe it answers yes or no, and then, you know, you live happily ever after, or you just have a big, you know, chuckle about the outcome, and everything is fine. But as you get into it a little bit more, you, t- you start seeing stories such as dozens of Colombian girls hospitalized with anxiety after playing the Ouija board. And I know that you have a lot of comments about this. So let's get rolling. The Ouija board, what do you think? What do you make of it? Yeah, Son, it's definitely a part of the occult. Um, it is, as you say, it is, is it referred to as a game, but it's, it's a very dangerous game because it opens up doors uh, through which demons uh, oppress people. Um, there are so many stories of people who have dabbled with a Ouija board and have regretted it. Uh, because of the sort of thing that that article uh, addresses with those girls in Colombia having just anxiety um, fits because they no doubt uh, are being oppressed by by demons. You know, my wife, Tammy, we've been married 32 years, but when she was a teenager, Um, There was a situation where some friends of hers had decided to play with a Ouija board. And and so she was with them on this particular day. And I think Tammy knew, you know, that it was wrong, uh, but she just kind of you know, stayed there in the group as they as they did that for a little while. And what happened was that the board. as, as you say, Son, it, it moves 
by some power other than human, because uh, when you have um, these pieces, I guess, that move to certain letters to spell out words and, and nobody's touching it. Um, that's what happened with Tammy and, and her friends. Uh, it started to move and it spelled out the letters K I L L T A M M Y. Now I'm so thankful son that, um, her friends uh, were not of the mindset to do something that we hear that some teenagers do if they're, you know, high on drugs or, um, you know, maybe in some cases they're, you know, uh, devil worshipers or something like this. Um, these were kids not of, of that sort, but who were dabbling with something they shouldn't have been dabbling with. And I'm just thankful that there was nobody there who was, um, who was willing to act on that. Uh, but, but I have no doubt, Son, that that's exactly what happened by the power of some demons that were allowed into their, uh, situation. And there are many, many people who have been in the occult. I mean, you, you can go online and hear all sorts of testimonies of people who, um, were involved in the occult, involved in witchcraft, uh, involved in, um, occultic practices and, and really were enslaved to it. Uh, they were oppressed by, by the demonic realm, the demons. Um, and fortunately some of them get out when they, when they come to Christ. Um, but, but many others are still trapped inside that, that world of the occult. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's nothing that, uh, you know, you should ever mess around with. You should ever have in your home. Uh, you should ever dabble with, um, you know, it, it, it would be, I would compare it in many ways, Son, like if a person were to go to a seance and to try to communicate with the dead, um, through a medium, which, you know, scripture for, forbids God's people from trying to communicate with the dead. And, and it's one of those things, Son, that really seemed to open up uh, a door wide open for uh, demonic oppression. In some cases, uh, even with some unbelievers, uh, you know, you could even get demonic possession. Uh, you know, as believers, I, I certainly don't believe that Christians can be possessed by the devil, but we can be oppressed. You know, um, the Lord is within us. He's, he's protecting us. But if we do something foolish and we enter the devil's domain by going to a seance or messing with a Ouija board or, um, you know, dabbling with the occult, uh, then we open up our lives to to the enemy coming and, and, and oppressing us. And so these girls, that brings us back to the girls in Columbia, uh, you know, they were just trying to have some fun. Um, they thought it would be, uh, you know, a, a neat thing to do. And, and, and as they found out, um, they got in way over their head as any of us would, if, if, if we try to have a game that's going to invite, uh, demons to the table. Uh, so, um, the devil is real. Demons are real. Uh, God is real. Christ won the victory at the cross. Um, we don't have to be afraid of the devil, but we, we do need to be aware, uh, that he's no one to mess with. Um, demons, we, you know, uh, throughout the New Testament, you, you look at people who are demon possessed and Jesus would go along and the apostles as well. And they would cast demons out of people. But many times it was a very, um, uh, 
traumatic and dramatic occasion. Uh, sometimes people's bodies would be, you know, uh, flopping around on the ground as as uh, demons are being cast out of someone. I mean, it's a very many times a very violent uh, experience because the demonic realm and demons are, are very are very violent. You know, the Bible says about the devil, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and ultimately he wants to drag a person's soul to hell. And and so if the devil can gain access to a person's life, uh, either to oppress them or ideally for a demon to possess them, um, then that's that's not good. That's uh, that's very very bad. Uh, and so we're thankful as Christians that um, in the name of Jesus we can. Um, we can be free of the demonic uh, influences and the power of the devil, but we need to be on our guard. Um, when we give in to sin, we need to confess that to the Lord and close any doors that we've opened up by our sin, uh, which, you know, it says in Ephesians, um, in your anger, do not sin and do not, not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And, and that would be an example of opening up a door in the spiritual realm for Satan to oppress you as a believer if you hold a grudge, go to bed at night angry with someone, uh, rather than praying for them, you're just kind of simmering and, and holding that grudge. Well, that gives Satan um, access to um, to come and oppress you, and you won't sleep well. You'll uh, you'll wake up in the morning, and that'll be the first thing you'll think of is that person that, uh, you know, they did this to you or they did that to you, and, and you're not going to forgive them, you know, you tell yourself. Well, um, that's a that's an invitation to Satan to, to come and um, to just put his pressure on your life. And so the Lord has always told his people that we are to repent of our sins and confess our sins to the Lord um, so that Satan doesn't have access to us, um, that that he, he he's not able to come and give us the anxiety that these girls now in Columbia are experiencing uh, because Jesus brings peace. But but demons demons bring terrible anxiety, fear, um, and all manner of of just um, uh, unrest within a person's soul. Now there's a couple of questions that I want to ask, but I want to kind of do it one at a time because I want to get your uh, take on it one at a time. So the Ouija board, I guess, when it was kind of first developed or came about back in the late 1800s in the U.S. I guess it was originally kind of referred to as like the spirit or talking boards. And so it was believed that this was a way to communicate with the dead. Okay. Now we all know that, I guess what you call them urban legends these days or the old wives tales, you know, that we used to call mm -hmm. them, you know, things like that. Like this, the, the, the guy selling the snake oil traveling around the countryside trying to, you know, sell this uh, liqueur or whatever to help people get better, you know, things like that were mm -hmm. able to spread a lot easier because there was no vast communication system. You couldn't warn people ahead of time in other areas that, Hey, this fraudster's coming with his snake oil. Don't buy it. Okay. Today mm -hmm. we have the internet, which allows us to, you know, spread pretty much anything instantaneously, but you've got this idea of we're going to communicate with the dead, which is still kind of what people do today. They still want to communicate with that. You mentioned seances, Ouija boards. Um, you know, perhaps there's other things that people try to do to communicate with the dead. Now, when they communicate with the dead, I'm assuming, for example, they want to talk to maybe family members, maybe friends that have passed on, people like that. Um, so the question is, for people that are wondering if you can communicate with the dead, 
your dead friend, your dead family member, your dead grandparent? Is that even possible? Well, you know, everything we see in Scripture, Son, points to um, the fact that when the soul departs the body uh, at the moment of death, that the soul goes to one of two places, either to Hades, which is just a, another word for hell. Uh, it, it's You could call it a, well, I, I refer to it as the county jail of hell. There there are at least several Greek words that get translated in English hell. You've, you've got Hades, which is where the the rich man in Luke 16, he, he was in Hades. Um, he, he went to hell, whereas Lazarus went to heaven. Um, and then you've got, um, you've got Gehenna, which is the lake of fire, uh, that it talks about in Revelation, uh, where one day, um, even Hades will be, uh, will be thrown into the lake of fire into, uh, Gehenna. So that's the internal hell, whereas, uh, Hades is more of the, um, you know, like the county jail before you go before the judge on judgment day. Um, so you die without Christ, you're in Hades. Um, but I say all that simply to say that there's nothing in Scripture that says anyone on earth can communicate with people um, in heaven or in hell. Uh, I mean, other than just a very rare instance where maybe the Lord, for some reason, might allow that to happen. Um, you know, again, like that, that story that we have in Luke 16, which is very rare there with the uh, the rich man in Hades and Lazarus in heaven, and there seems to be a conversation going on. Um, but but that is so extremely rare. Um, you know, I think people buy a bill of goods when, you know, they pay somebody to say, oh, hey, you know, I want to I want to visit with my deceased grandmother or someone, you know, a, a friend of mine. Um, they might conjure up a spirit for you to talk to, but it won't be your loved one. It'll be a demon because the Lord forbids that sort of thing. I'm trying to communicate with the dead. So that opens up a door then for demons to impersonate uh, to impersonate uh, those who've died. I mean, you have demons, son, who impersonate uh, Mary, the mother of our Lord. You have demons who show up as apparitions of Mary. And, and then some religious people get all excited about that. Like, wow, you know, what a, what a great spiritual thing this is that Mary would— um, would appear to us. Well, first of all, Mary's not appearing to anyone. Uh, Mary's not answering anyone's prayers. Uh, Mary's not hearing anyone's prayers. Mary, as wonderful of a woman as she is and she was while on earth and as chosen as she was to be the mother of our Lord, uh, she was not without sin. Um, she was human. And when she died, she went to heaven but she doesn't give a person special access uh, to Jesus, uh, to our Father in heaven, to the Holy Spirit, uh, or to any of our deceased loved ones. So it's, um, it, it's quite a thing when you think about it, how many people get all excited about, you know, different experiences that they have where they maybe say, well, I talked to my loved one um, who passed away. Well, 
I would want to gently point out to them while trying to be sensitive to their, certainly to their grief and, and, and understanding their desire to want to talk to them. Who wouldn't? Okay. Um, so I, I'd be very tactful in the way I would approach it with them. Uh, would not want to offend them or, or make them feel, you know, terrible or something like that. Um, but I would want to help them to see that it's dangerous. It's dangerous to try to communicate as much as you want to. Um, it's dangerous. Um, now, I, you know, I'm not talking, Son, about that person who maybe, you know, goes out to their loved one's uh, gravesite, you know, once a year or however often. And maybe while they're there, they, you know, they, 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 they say something to their loved one, you know. Um, uh, I mean, I don't believe that our loved ones hear those uh, comments because I don't think, that, you know, they're not floating around, uh, you know, somewhere here between heaven and hell, you know, um, that's just, there, there's nothing in scripture that says that's what, uh, what happens. So there are, however, evil spirits that have a vested interest in trying to get people to communicate with the dead, because that gives them access to the person's life, because that is um, something that God forbids. That is something that um, that, that Satan uh, then works through uh, to to really um, uh, then oppress uh, oppress a person. So uh, yeah, th- these are things that you know in our day when there's such a an increase in um, in in witchcraft. Uh, you know, you know, I, I saw an article a few years ago, Simon, where they said, um, you know, there are now more witches in America than Presbyterians, which is quite, uh, quite alarming. Um, you know, but but that's that's what what the situation is today. Um, now, I want to just read something here, son, uh, in um, Deuteronomy chapter eighteen. Um, we're, we're, we're told this, uh, regarding God's, God's will. Um, and, and so the Lord is telling his people, when you enter the land, the Lord, your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells, or or who is a medium, or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So that's quite a list there, son, in Deuteronomy 18. And, uh, you know, it's amazing in our culture. How things like casting spells, you know, that that went mainstream years ago, uh, and and not just through you know folks like you know Harry Potter and others, but um, there, there's been a real effort, uh, you know, many shows uh, uh, and movies dealing with witches, you know, um, it's gone mainstream. But what happens then, you know, I'm not saying that a person you know, reads Harry Potter or watches a Harry Potter movie that somehow, you know, they're opening up the door for the devil. No, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but what I am saying is that there are people whose minds then um, will go to the place where, hey, I would like to tap into some of that power. Rather than looking at it as just a form of entertainment, they look at it as, hey, maybe it really works. And then they dabble with it. 
like Tammy and her friends did with the Ouija board when she was a teenager, like those girls in Columbia did with the Ouija board. Um, and that's what the Lord is forbidding here in, in Deuteronomy. Um, so they would sacrifice their, their children in the fire. They would um, give them up, you know, for the demon gods that they, that they worship and, 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 and hoping to get blessings from these demons. They would practice uh, divination and sorcery. Uh, they would engage in witchcraft. Uh, and and they would consult the dead. So all of these things are forbidden by the Lord. Um, these are things that um, that God's people should stay far away from. Just like I like what you said there, son, about not even really knowing what a Ouija board looks like, is you want to stay far far away from it. That's what God wants us to do as Christians to say to stay so far away from these sorts of practices because they are very very dangerous. Um, many people have, have um, run into many, many problems by dabbling with the occult. And that's what these things are. And, and I would say, son, I mean, you know, even something that might seem harmless to somebody like, you know, consulting a psychic. Well, um, that, that the, the Lord um, forbids that. We're not to rely on psychics who, who tap into demonic power. Um, and, and, and demons are able to give psychics information. You know, so somebody can call a psychic hotline and they can tell you something that they would have no way of knowing about you. And you'll get all amazed. Wow. You know, the psychic, you know, they must really be know, know their stuff. Well, no, um, they've simply tapped into demons who are feeding them information. Why? To draw you, the caller, into their um, their practice to draw you in a little bit at a time. It's like they want you to take the bait, and then like a fish on a hook, you're going to start to get reeled in and reeled in. Uh, but when you get pulled into that boat by the devil, um, it, it's it's not it's not for your good. Uh, it, he wants to destroy you. So that's why the bait is out there. But but these are things that are going on, and um, we need to be wise about them. Uh, but I think to really go back to your original question here on this issue here a moment ago, Son, um, no, these these loved ones, these people that have passed away, um, they're not out there floating, available for us to contact. You know, uh, there's you know, even if a medium claims they can do that, they can't. Um, even if you hear their, the, the voice of your loved ones, um, that doesn't mean that's your loved one. Even if you see an image of someone who claims to be Mary, the mother of our Lord, that doesn't mean that's who it is. Demons bring counterfeits. Satan comes as an angel of light. Demons have the power to counterfeit images, uh, counterfeit voices. And when you step into their realm, um, at which is what you're doing, if you, you know, participate in a seance or one of these other things, um, you're going to you're going to have some supernatural things going on that um, are coming from the devil's power. And, you know, people get all excited about it. Oh, wow. You know, uh, I just I just saw Mary, you know, on this tree. I saw the image of Mary. Well, you know, um, God says, turn to my word, you know, feed your mind on my word. That's what will keep you strong and and keep you in a safe place spiritually. Um, this other stuff is fanaticism. And in some cases it's just pure evil. Uh, you know, uh, a wiki board that that's just evil. Uh, it's not a game. Now, granted, there are kids that enter it innocently, meaning they have no idea what they're dabbling with. Uh, but that doesn't stop the demons from oppressing them. As we see with these girls in Columbia, you know, it wasn't like, well, the only girls that got anxiety were those who knew what it was about. No, they all came under that. Uh, that, that, that power of darkness because they entered that realm. 
so this is why the Bible tells us to test the spirits um, and to be wise, not not just to do whatever, you know, somebody else is doing because they claim, oh, wow, you know, you're going to have this power or you're, you're going to have this thing happen. Um, well, yeah, but who's, who's going to be providing the power? That's the question. The other question I have when you mention some of these things like the psychic and because uh, I think that's like what would be considered a, a point of contact maybe or, you know, some intermediator. Um, back in growing up, the uh, movie Poltergeist came, came out and, you know, the, the iconic picture with a young gal puts her hands on the TV and she's like, they're here. So you, you've got these things like, um, you know, movies such as Poltergeist or then you've got, I guess you could go back to, bewitched even on tv right you know yeah, and, right, and then you right. got sabrina the teenage witch witch of waverly places or witches of waverly places you know kind of catered towards mm-hmm. young people um right and so you've got these different shows with witches and other things ranging from i guess you know i don't want to say you want to call them the innocence but like you said catering to kids all the way up to kind of the adults in in movies and 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 um psychics and stuff like that is there yeah. some is there something to that? I mean, because I think it's an axe during Pentecost when there was that point of contact, when there was a point of contact that now that these theologians on TV and stuff will take and take that theology and say, you need to buy my, or you need to send me money and I'll send you my prayer cloth because a point of contact for you to, you know, have God activated and do stuff in your life. Um is there such thing though as opening portals or opening? Because I know we open ourselves. We can open ourselves every day. The, the the Satan attacks us every day. You know, we can be attacked every day. We can be tempted every day. But are there certain things that open us up? Like I don't want to call them portals, but like portals that open us up more specifically that could really um, have us attacked more than yes. just like you know walking through everyday life just kind of doing our work and going to school and doing stuff but then if we engage because i remember dungeons and da- uh, dungeons and dragons growing up a lot of christian groups attacked dungeons and dragons as a as a uh, a potential way for you know demonic activity to kind of take over yourself because you're involved in this well, some people would even say son if you if you read harry potter you know yeah. you're going to do that you know i mean yeah 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 although i would say dungeons and dragons although i haven't really looked at that one too closely. Um, you know, I mean, I think if a person got too immersed in that, you know, you could, you could find yourself getting too caught up with some of that stuff. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. No, but the, um, but yeah, I guess the ahead. question is in, in some of these kind of, I'm, I'm not saying that people are like, obviously if you go and you're worshiping the devil, if you're joining Satan clubs or if you're, you know, you're doing that, obviously that's something on a completely different you know, level. But if you go to a, a psychic, if you're involved in tarot cards, if you're watching these yeah. things, reading these things, can we expose yeah. ourselves, open ourselves up more to kind of the, the the level of the demonic than if we aren't engaged in some of those things? Oh, I think absolutely, son. I mean, I, again, I think, you know, those things that are occultic, that are, uh, you know, specifically dealing with um, you know, witchcraft and mediums and uh, trying to tap into, you know, psychic power, um, you know, um, sorcery, you know, that that I think takes it to a an even deeper level of demonic oppression. Now, you know, you could argue biblically that all sin opens up a door for Satan's oppression. Um, and, and I think you could, you know, make a case for that, you know, just like the, the verse I, I shared a, a while ago, 
about going to bed at night angry than giving the devil a foothold. So in that sense, I think every sin, and especially every deliberate sin, but but really in many cases, every sin opens up the door for some level of oppression. But then you've got a cultic activity, which kind of takes it to a whole new level. And I'm reminded, for example, in Acts chapter 8, where we read now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is the divine power known as the great power. So by the way, son, that's why I think there are those sorcerers today who tap into um, magic Real magic. I'm not talking like sleight of hand um, illusion. I'm talking about real magic. There, sorcery um, has existed all the way back to, um, well, really, you know, uh, ever since Satan fell uh, from his position in heaven, uh, he has he has offered counterfeits. Um, I mean, we certainly see that in the Garden of Eden when he offers Adam and Eve a counterfeit approach that we we know what what that led to, but. Um, Back to Simon now. So they're 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 saying, hey, this guy's the divine power, known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Um, so that's very interesting. The sorcerer here. Um, was 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 baptized. Um, now it is interesting as as that chapter goes on. Uh, Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given at the laying on of hands, and he offered money. Again, this is after his baptism, he offered money. He said, "Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit." Peter answered, "May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps He will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I can see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin." Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Um, so now here's an example, son, where you've got somebody who was deep into sorcery. He, he, he confesses faith in Christ. He's even baptized. But then he's lured by um, the draw of supernatural power, in this case, by God doing supernatural things. You know, he had seen miracles at his own hands. Um, and and was apparently not aware at the time of where that power was coming from. So now he saw this power, and and he was drawn to it. But again, you have to remember, he was coming out of something very, um, very bad um, that was all about him, and now he's tempted again. It's like he had a thirst for being, being, uh, being the thing, you know, being the, being show. I mean, that's what Satan wanted in heaven. Um, he was tired of God getting all the praise. He wanted it. And that's kind of what Simon the Sorcerer, you know, you think about some of these magicians in Las Vegas today, son. Um, I personally believe that with a number of magicians today, um, they are tapping into sorcery. Now I, I haven't, um, studied all of them enough to know, um, uh, you know, at what point are they um, involving sorcery? But it, it seems to me 
um, that that that's what's happening when when you look at some of the things that some of these magicians do that go beyond mere illusion or sleight of hand into something that they would have to have um, supernatural assistance to accomplish. And the only there's only two sources of supernatural power. Okay, uh, man doesn't have it. Um, there's God, and then there's his created being. Uh, well, they're the angels his created angels. And then, uh, so uh, they have supernatural power. Um, and then among the angels, you've got the fallen angels. So the devil and the demons who got kicked out of heaven because, you know, um, Satan got tired of worshiping God. He wanted it to be all about him. Uh, by the way, son, if any listener, if you ever feel like Satan is oppressing you, um, pull out Revelation 20, verse 10, and just quote it. Just read it out loud. Um, and the devil who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, the reason I say that, Son, is um, the devil knows that his time is short. He knows God's word is true. He knows he has no opportunity to, um, to avoid what's coming for him throughout eternity. He will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You know, it's interesting in, in Mark, what is it, Mark 9, where, where Jesus uh, delivers these two men from, uh, from demons. And what do the demons say uh, when they see Jesus coming? They, they're speaking through these men. And, and the demons say, um, have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? So demons know what the devil knows. Um, and, and, and they don't like to be reminded of it. Um, they'd rather just, you know, go about their activity and, and, uh, try to lead people away from the Lord and oppress people with all manner of anxiety and fear and death and disease and everything else. But, um, you know, uh, God has given us victory in Jesus and he's given us the word. So I would just encourage anybody, uh, if they're ever, uh, you know, feeling oppressed, feeling like, man, I feel like maybe the devil's trying to really get at me here. Um, dig into the word, quote the Bible. That's what Jesus did when Satan came and tempted him, the, the sinless son of God. Um, uh, there in the desert, when, when Satan came to tempt Jesus, he quoted scripture. And, and what did the devil do? He ended up leaving. Um, and, and the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we don't have to be afraid of the devil, but we do need to be aware of that he does have tremendous power, um, but he doesn't have to have power over us. That only happens if we willingly step into his realm, or in some cases, I suppose, Son, you know, maybe somebody even not so willingly, like these girls in Colombia. They they didn't know. Um, uh, you know, I mean, let, let's face it, Son. Um, you have people sometimes traveling down the highway who have no idea that this fog that they're driving in uh, means that they're, you know, a uh, hundred yards ahead of them, there's a huge pileup of cars. And once, once in a while, you know, every year we hear some stories of, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80 cars, you know, in a huge pileup where there was fog. Now, now those people didn't do that willfully. Okay. They didn't, but, but there was a fog and that's what happens with the human soul. There's a spiritual fog that sets in and, and, uh, that's what Satan wants. And he works through that. And, and so all of these occultic practices, um, they bring a fog, uh, a spiritual fog as it were, and they also bring consequences. 
And, and these poor girls now, they're going to need to be delivered from their anxiety. They're going to need people to pray over them. Um, and in Jesus' name, now they can get free just like those in the New Testament got set free from demon possession and demon oppression. But, um, but we need prayer many times, many times to do that, to break that power. Um, and, and that, of course, is what, um, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus has sent, sent us out to do. Um, you know, it's interesting. Even Jesus himself was anointed with the Holy Spirit. In, um, in Acts 10, 38, it talks about how, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 10, 18. Uh, no, it is 38. Um, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. So, so Jesus all the time was helping people to be delivered from the power of the devil uh, by preaching the gospel, by, by, by praying uh, with people and for people. And, and this is what, what our, one of our jobs is as believers is, is to pray for people, many of whom have come under oppression. Um, they, they've engaged in something either knowingly or unknowingly. They, they've opened up the door to demonic um, oppression. Um, and, and, and they need deliverance. So, um, we are, we are privileged as Christians, um, to be able to go out and, and pray for people and ask God to set them free, um, from whatever oppresses them, but also to call people to, uh, repentance because, um, it's very important that, that a person repents of their sins. Uh, this is, um, this is a very um, necessary part of being delivered. And, and the last thing I'll say here, right on this uh, son, is in Acts twenty-six, where um, where Jesus uh, uh, Jesus here has some some very important words that that, that Paul relays uh, that, that Jesus said to him. Um, when Jesus said to Paul, you know, uh, Paul, uh, Saul asked him, you know, uh, who are you? And, um, Jesus said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. Um, now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So how interesting. The Lord here talking about um, the Jewish people um, uh, and uh, Gentiles, and, and how they needed to be delivered from darkness to light, just the way Saul was. I mean, boy, he was a devout Jew, wasn't he? But um, he was under the power of darkness, spiritual darkness. And so the Lord said, I'm sending you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So throughout eternity, son, um, souls are going to be either in heaven, in paradise, in, in just the uh, utter joy and majesty and beauty and peace and everything that is uh, going to just be so phenomenal. There's that. And then there's the agony of hell. Those are the only two options. And that's where the rich man in Luke 16 was at. He was in hell. It said he was in torment. Um, and, and Jesus spoke about a place uh, where the fire never goes out and where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, and one of the last verses of the Bible says that unless your name's in the book of life, um, you're thrown into the lake of fire. Now, people laugh that off some. Um, they'll, they'll call you a fundamentalist for believing that. 
But nobody in hell today is calling anybody a fundamentalist because they know how real hell is. Nobody in heaven today is is doing anything but but enjoying their their existence. And that's what God wants for everybody, you know. But Satan wants to drag souls to hell. So all of these things we're talking about have a bearing on whether or not a person's going to repent. Uh, trust Christ as Savior, or just give their lives over to, um, you know, things like magic and sorcery and witchcraft and casting spells. I mean, Satan can give you stuff. Don't don't get me wrong. He can give you material things. He can give you money, but it comes at a very, very high cost. So when you're talking about some of these things, these very popular things, such as Harry Potter, I mean, you know, uh, you can actually go to certain places and, and purchase a Harry Potter, like sorcery stick or whatever they call them now. Um, you know, you can get the souvenirs, obviously Ouija boards, um, crystals. You know, there's a lot of people that are crystals and mysticism. Um, there's people that do tarot. Um, mm-hmm. But so let's get to the more innocence uh, of these things. Okay. You're reading mm-hmm. a Harry Potter. You maybe you're watching the movies. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are maybe taking in TV shows. Like I remember there was a couple TV shows. One was Miss Cleo, which was absolutely hilarious. She was some Jamaican psychic apparently. And she was trying to con you into calling her for your psychic reading. Yeah. And it turned out to be obviously fraudulent because it just was, but it was, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then there's another guy, John Edwards, for example, who was another psychic on TV and he would have all different kinds of shows, uh, about, mm-hmm. you know, his, being a psychic medium. And then you had people right. like, you know, Chris Angel, uh, who has his mind yeah. freak show and some of these other things. So right. it's so it's creeped up in right. this pop culture of society. Uh-huh. And again, I don't want to say it's innocent, but to the casual person, a Ouija yeah, yeah. board, a TV show, um, a book series that was made into a yeah, movie, yeah. pretty yeah. pretty innocent. Is it something that we should even uh, expose ourselves to? Or is okay. it something that we can engage in, but knowing full well yeah. that we can't cross a certain yeah. line? What, what's your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, No, that's a great question, Son. Um, here is something that I think can help on uh, to answer that question. Okay, um, there are there are things in the realm of entertainment. Okay, I'll give you an example that is similar to like Harry Potter. Okay, um, and and my wife and I have have enjoyed watching. Um, a, a movie uh, with Nicolas Cage called uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And boy, it deals a lot with sorcery. Um, and it's an entertaining movie. Okay. And I don't believe for a second, son, I, I'm, I'm convinced that, that it, we in no way by watching that movie um, opened up the door for demonic oppression. I mean, I, I, I don't believe that for a second. But I'll say this, though, son, where a person gets into trouble, is when they try to start practicing that for themselves. Okay. So the key is this, what really offends the Lord. And and I'm not saying go out and, you know, start watching a lot of movies and reading a lot of books involving sorcery. I'm I'm not saying that at all. And, 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 Hey, and if there was a Christian that said, Hey, I don't even want to watch Sorcerer's Apprentice. And you know, it's, uh, I would almost call it more of like a Disney kind of a movie. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, you know, I am totally son against, there are movies. And I tell my wife this all the time. I mean, there are movies that are, um, demonic. I mean, okay. Like these movies, I, I, I I tell Tammy, I mean, I would never, 
never even want these on in our home, like The Conjuring. Okay, movies that deal with like you know hardcore demon uh, possession and and things like this. Okay, um, um, that is is of a different nature. I'm convinced. Uh, I think Bloomhouse you know, has put out some movies that, that are, are more in, in you, you can tell, especially as a Christian sometimes, um, you know, uh, if something is, is moving into, uh, um, just a really demonic, excuse me, a, uh, just a kind of a demonic realm, but, 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 um, the thing is this, okay. Um, and, and I want to go back to what you asked about, you know, like you say with like a Ouija board and then and some of these other things. Ouija boards, okay, the, the problem with Ouija boards is you don't have to be um, – well, okay. You are, in a sense, trying to access the power just by doing it because the whole thing with the Ouija board sign is this. It's intended to get you to rely upon it doing something. You know, you, you know it's kind of like this, this game, so-called game that people play. And Halloween. And it's called <laughs> light as a feather, stiff as a board. And so you'll get some kids around somebody, they'll lie on the ground and they'll put two fingers under them. And um, <laughs> so whether you have, you know, maybe four kids or six kids or whatever with two fingers under them, and then they'll say these magic words. And, and then the body's supposed to levitate up off the ground. And many teenagers claim to have witnessed that happen. And the reason it's called light as a feather, stiff as a board is, is because the body seems so light. How does it lift up off the ground? Three inches, five inches, six inches. Many teenagers have played that quote unquote game, son. Um, and, and there's no way that, you know, six teenagers with just two fingers underneath somebody, barely under them, are going to lift a hundred pound person or whatever. So you have to have help in doing that. Um, that would be a game that I would say a game, quote unquote game, where you should never do that. Um, you should never go in and do this, uh, what bloody Mary, where you spin around in front of a mirror and people talk about seeing images in the mirror. Then, um, see people think it's fun and it's cute. And that would be a danger then son would say like, uh, you know, like say even Harry Potter or that movie Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, if you're strong enough in the Lord where, you know, you, you just happen to watch that for its entertainment value. Um, and I put that movie in a very different category than, than some of these other ones that, um, that even the movie like the exorcist, I would, I, you know, I've never watched it. I don't want to watch that. Um, that, that level of demonic possession and deliverance, um, there, there's a spirit of fear in that, that I think we have to be very, very, um, aware of, and, and there's a demonic, a demonic, um, influence with that. So I, I, you know, for the most part, you know, Christians, we, we, we can stay away from anything that's dealing with, with, um, those sorts of topics. But the, the point I want to get to is it, it's when you start to rely upon something yourself. Like, so for magicians, son, they learn the secrets of magic. Okay. And I'm convinced that many magicians have learned, um, 
secrets of sorcery that whether they realize it or not, um, they are tapping into the same sort of thing that Simon the Sorcerer in Acts chapter 8 had tapped into. The same thing that Pharaoh's magicians back in the days of Moses and Aaron and, and, and you know, when, when they threw the rod on the ground and it turned into a snake and then Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. Um, and, and, and then they're, 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 their rods were swallowed, uh, you know, by the lords uh, to show that God has, uh, you know, power over the devil. Um, but it's when you rely upon these things. Um, so, like, if I watched The Sorcerer's Apprentice or I read Harry Potter um, or I, I was reading a book about magic and then I said, OK, hey, I'm going to go out and try to cast a spell on somebody because it looks like it works. It looks like you can cast a spell on someone uh, or you can cast a spell to get money. OK, to get more money. Um, and son, that's very dangerous for a person to do because it comes at a very high cost. Demons want people to cast spells and rely upon magic uh, to bring, you know, because what you're not doing then is you're not relying on God and you are now entering a realm where the, that's the devil's playground right there. The occult is the devil's playground because he wants to get people um, active. He wants to get people active in pursuing that kind of power. So that would be the thing where like a Harry Potter book, for example, okay, if you're raising children in your home and, and they know the power of the Lord and they know the things to be aware of and they're careful and, and, but, but it's these other kids who um, maybe don't have any direction in their life and maybe they're even bullied at school and now they learn, oh, you mean there's a way I can tap into something Thing that will give me power over other people. And they're not taught about the Lord. They're not taught about the dangers of, you know, witchcraft and sorcery and things like that. So um, it's very appealing. It's very appealing. Um, and, and I just want to make sure, too, I say I'm on the Ouija board, okay, whether you have an intention or not. I'm convinced a Ouija board is dangerous in and of itself, as evidenced by those girls in Columbia, uh, as evidenced by what Tammy and her friends. It's a very, I would say, a high level occultic tool. Um, it's not a game. Um, I would I would put it in the same category as like a seance. OK, uh, and, and it's interesting, Simon, when you read the history of a Ouija board and starting out as trying to communicate with the dead, because I think Satan in his cleverness has tried to, of course, repackage it. You know, it's kind of like we hear, um, you know, these drug cartels or whoever's doing it, you know, lacing candy with fentanyl or whatever. Oh, yeah, let's just make it look fun and innocent. OK. It's the same thing with a Ouija board. Let's put it, as you said, on the game shelf next to Monopoly in Candyland. Hey, it's innocent fun. And then kids dabble with it. And, and it, it, it really, son, it is as dangerous to the soul as fentanyl is to the body. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I don't say that lightly. Um, you, you don't have to be trying to, to, to get some sort of high or something from fentanyl. If you take it, it's going to affect you, whether you're trying to do something or not. And that's the power of the occult. Um, there are things. Uh, but again, I want to uh, differentiate that between, you know, you, if you read a Harry Potter book or watch a movie like Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, you know, that's that's a very different thing than than dabbling with, um, uh, you know, some of these other things. So it takes discernment. It takes wisdom. Um, and uh, 
We just, and, and hey, we can always, we need to seek out wisdom from other Christians. Um, and, and a lot of times, son, you know, a person uh, may not know, hey, is this good for me or not? Well, hey, talk to some mature Christians. Um, do some research online with, with some, you know, mature uh, Christians as well on that issue. See what their experience has been. And, um, and be careful because the Bible says that we're to be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So that's part of our calling as Christians is to be to be alert, um, not just to fall for whatever, you know, is going on. But there is power in the spiritual realm. And how much better is it, son, to tap into the power of the Lord? Oh, my goodness, the one who died for our sins on the cross, who shed his blood for our salvation. And I would say, son, if anybody's listening today. And maybe they say, man, I really messed up. I really dabble with the occult. What about me? Jesus can set you free. Um, Jesus can deliver you. Um, now, you, you're going to want to have some other Christians praying with you and for you. Um, you're going to want to be part of a Christian church. You know, have a have a pastor or pastors and others, other Christians praying with you, for you. Um, uh, but you can go to the Lord right now on your own. You can just ask the blood of Jesus to set you free. And every night when you go to bed, um, especially if you ever have any nightmares, and that's a specialty of demons right there. Um, ask the Lord to, to protect your sleep with the blood of Jesus. And you watch what happens. Uh, I mean, I've had people tell me, you know, I start doing that, Dan, and man, I mean, the nightmares go away. You know, the nightmares go away. And um, so it is interesting. And, you know, one last story, Son, and, um, you know, so when you rely on something other than the Lord, it can create problems. So I had a, I did a message years ago where I talked about the occult. And a woman talked to me after that, and she had a young daughter. I don't know if she was seven or eight, something like that. But um, she said, you know, I, I, I heard your message, and you meant, you happened to mention dream catchers in your message, and uh, which is this Indian tool that, you know, Native Indians, I guess, have used uh, supposedly to give you a good night's sleep, okay? So now what are you doing? You're relying on that, relying on those spirits or whatever, okay? So, um the um, the woman told me, Sasha, said, you know, after your message, um, we took down the dream catcher because my daughter was still she was having nightmares every night, even with the dream catcher. We took down the dream catcher. The nightmare stopped. OK, now um, that was a case sign where what were they relying on? They were relying on a religious tool that was not connected to Jesus. It was another religion. OK, and that's that's Satan's specialty. Offer all sorts of alternatives, all sorts of counterfeits. Um, so I would say to anybody listening, don't ever rely on a dream catcher. Let Jesus be your dream catcher, and he'll do it. Let the blood of Jesus be your dream catcher. Demons hate the blood of Jesus. And, and I said that was the last thing. Fine, i got to tell this, too. So Pastor Vijay in India, who we've known for, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 years, but Vijay was telling me one time they were casting demons out of someone there in India. And as these demons were leaving the person, okay, the demons were, were like almost like screaming, and they were saying, the blood of Jesus is burning us. How interesting, how interesting. You know, the blood of Jesus is burning us. Uh, so demons hate the blood of Jesus. Uh, it's the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin. And we can pray that God will protect our, our soul, our sleep, our family with the blood of Jesus. Um, there is power in the blood. There's tremendous, I mean, there, there's power for salvation in the blood of Christ, okay? So this is a very um, high-level 
very powerful spiritual reality. And when I say high level, what I mean by that, in the spiritual realm, this is you don't get any higher than that. I mean, that's that's you know the blood of Jesus. If if you're down here messing with dream catchers and stuff like this, um, and and uh, I mean, you're not even you're not even close to. Uh, tapping into God's power yet if, if you're relying on that rather than on the Lord. And maybe if you're somebody who's relying on both, then I would say drop the one, you know, drop the seance, drop the horoscope, drop the calls to the psychics, drop the tarot cards, drop the crystals, um, drop the, you know, uh, you know, uh, mediums, drop all that, get rid of that, get that out of your life. Okay. Repent of it. If you have any books about witchcraft, burn them, get rid of them. Okay. Um, you don't, you don't want that. You don't need that. Um, that's only going to open up doors that will allow demons to oppress you. So, so wow, son, um, we have, we have so much to be thankful for. And, uh, you know, we just, we, we have a lot that we can help people with. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like it says in the Bible, you know, a person has to have ears to hear. They have to be willing to, to receive it. Yeah, there's so much stuff, like you even mentioned horoscopes. We didn't really even delve into that, but uh, this conversation would probably go on and on. And, and who, could, who, who could forget the, the fortune inside the fortune cookie of the Chinese fortune cookie? You got that on top of it as well. You know, you're going to win these numbers. You know, uh, you're going to win the lottery yeah, with these yeah. numbers. But, um, but no, yeah, it, it, is, yeah. it is something, like you said, it's something that, you know, we need to really be, uh, be aware of. And like you said, instead of putting our focus into something of this world, why not put our focus into, you know, something that is out of this world that is Jesus and what he did for us. Yeah. On the yeah, cross. yeah. Well, exactly. And you know, something even as you know, apparently as innocent as like a fortune cookie, you know, a person might think, Oh, well, you know, but, but you watch though, I would say this to anybody sign you watch though. If you start to rely on that a little bit or assume that somehow now that's your future, um, now you've given opportunity for the enemy because because what is that? That's not the Bible. That's not God's word to you. That that's a different means. And 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 you know it, it's like this time. There are people, uh, and I guess some Catholics do this, but um, I've heard of people who, when they want to sell their home, okay, they rely upon magic. They may not call it that, but I'm told they'll bury a statue of Saint Joseph in their yard upside down to sell their home. Um, that is magic. That is that that is not pleasing to the Lord because what are you doing? You're relying on super superstition rather than on God to do it for you. I mean, even if something as simple as putting a rabbit's foot in your pocket or a penny or whatever, okay, anything like that um, can, can be a gateway to then further reliance upon um, mystical, superstitious, even occultic type things. So all of this, um, that, that's why I often say as Christians, you know, we don't believe in luck. Uh, there's no such thing as good luck. I mean, we rely on the Lord and we trust in the Lord. Uh, there, there is no luck for the Christian. Um, and, and, and so anyway, son, yeah, it, it all, it all relates to, uh, uh, to, to, to this main issue. Uh, Dan Dozell with us as we talk about the, the things that go on at the intersection of faith and pop culture. And Dan, we appreciate your time talking about the Ouija board, talking about some of these other things that can, uh, really kind of be, um, something that can really open doors that aren't really good doors to open. And so we really appreciate your time and, uh, and sharing with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, son. Thank you for your ministry and just for this uh, great opportunity that you and I have had here today to, to talk about this. And, and we just uh, pray for anyone and everyone listening that uh, the Lord will really just do a great, great work in your life as you ponder everything we've talked about. 
And for those of you listening, you can check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click on the uh, Sanctified Reason podcast logo and all of our other shows pop up. And so you can go back and listen to many shows uh, that we've done prior to this. And then um, also you can pretty much listen to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. So again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.